today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Throw some numbers at you. We talked about this uh, in my ATN commentary this morning. Uh, and uh, it's, uh, well, some information the city council just got uh, the other day. Uh, Hamilton could be facing a 5.5% tax hike uh, or some service cuts as a, a grim uh, result of uh, the, some of the downloading that's happened by the provincial government and some of the other budget pressures. And I know that uh, Mike Zagarek, uh, general manager in charge of the money uh, at City Hall, is, uh, is briefing city councilors about this right now. And uh, it's, uh, it's a pretty rugged story here. Uh, talking about a $6 million increase to the police budget, $2.4 million, conservation authorities. You get the idea, right? Uh, and how do you mitigate that? How do you bring those numbers down? Uh, that's a pretty rocky road that you have to travel to do that. Uh, and uh, council's going to have to make some decisions about that. Give us uh, an update on what's happening and, uh, and some of the possibilities going forward. Uh, Chad Collins, counselor for Ward 5, joins us here on the Bill Kelly Show on CHML. Good morning, Chad. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Bill. Yourself? Well, you're holding up pretty well, obviously, with all the news that you're getting from Mike Zagarek right now. These are some pretty hefty numbers, and this is—I know every year we say that this is going to be a challenge, but this is a, this is a monumental challenge this year. Yeah, I think uh, in that regard, Bill, it, there's less discretion this year in terms of avoiding some of the challenges that we face as it relates to whether it's increased insurance costs or. WSIB um, costs or software licensing, and, you know, there's always the regular impacts in terms of our labor costs and those types of things. And so I think what Mr. Zagarek has highlighted is that this year is more of a challenge than some of previous years. And, of course, we've, we've made tremendous success. It's, I think it's important to note that, as was presented this morning, over the last 12 years, uh, the average tax increase here in the city has been 1.9%. So we've done very well historically. Uh, this year, which is I, below I think, inflation, by the way. Yeah, and it's and it was almost uh, led the percentages in Ontario as it relates to some of the lowest increases. And of course, through those processes, we we've had to make some operational changes. It hasn't come without some cost, um, but I think by and large, we've been able to maintain some of the services, main services that our residents and businesses come to rely on, whether it's snow removal or cutting the grass and those types of things. And so, we, we haven't. Um, we haven't had to make too many drastic decisions. And I think, you know, to be fair as well, I was a big critic of Kathleen Wynne and her government on a number of fronts. Um, they lived up to their word um, of uploading uh, previous costs that were downloaded to municipalities under the Harris government. So o Ontario Works is a prime example. Um, you know, that we achieved a lot of savings over that 10 years period that I just referenced. And, and, and by and large, it was with some assistance from the provincial government, not all of it, but some of the assistance came from the province. And that pendulum now, Bill, has swung. So we're now seeing a government that is looking to do the reverse. They're actually downloading services or cutting resources to municipalities. And part of Mr. Zagarek's presentation today was highlighting the fact that, uh, you know, of the 5.5% that we're looking at currently, half a percentage point. It can be directly correlated to the the actions of the, the current government, and the fear is, as was the fear last year, that there will be other costs that are downloaded, either hinted at through the budget update that they'll give in a, in a couple of weeks, or um, a part of their budget process um, soon after we uh, approve ours next spring. And that's one of the things I talked about in the commentary this morning was, uh, you know, when governments say we're going to put money in your pocket, uh, it, it, they're not really. All they're doing is downloading the cost of the municipality, and, and that money that's in my pocket right now, that extra couple of bucks, is probably going to go to a tax increase, so my property tax increase, uh, which, of course, I pay for with after-tax dollars. So this is this is not a win-win situation for anybody when the, this downloading starts to happen again. Yeah, downloading, historically, as you know, it, it, and you were on council at the time, it was 
you know, we were just bombarded with costs that were traditionally provincial uh, budget items. And so whether it was ambulatory services, housing was a big one, Ontario Works, the list goes on and on in terms of services that historically were provided by the provincial government, paid through the revenues that they collected. Um, and, and part of the scenario in the late 90s was the province um, des- decided to change the who pays scenario and decided that municipalities needed to pay more for services. In some cases, they, they hadn't previously offered. And so ambulatory services were passed on to us. Um, uh, housing was always historically for decades um, a provincial um, provided service. And in many parts of Canada, I believe Ontario is still the only one that uh, that uh, forces municipalities p- to pay for that service. Mm-hmm. So that changed the landscape uh, for municipalities. It, it had a huge impact on municipal budgets, not just here in Hamilton, but across the province. And we've been struggling since that time to, to pay for these services. Housing is a great example again. Um, you know, the, Matthew Van Dongen and some of the other spec reporters did a great series of, about a week or two ago in terms of the current state of housing, not just here in Hamilton, but across the province. And it's, and it's a bleak scenario, and it, and it speaks to uh, an issue of a backlog of repairs. And, um, and, and so essentially that inventory of, of, of households was, uh, it was downloaded to the municipality with no resources to, to fix them or to, to maintain them. And so the, that's the scenario we're in now. Some of those issues are starting to, to catch up to us. And to, uh, back to my original point, uh, you know, kudos to the previous government, who had the vision and, and the foresight to to try to correct that scenario? This government, unfortunately, seems to be going in the opposite direction. Well, and uh, we're all the worse for it as a result of this because of these costs. And and I know that the the, the rationale that the provincial government will always come back with is, well, you don't have to pick up the cost. Well, yeah, you do. Uh, and as a matter of fact, and I know you've made this point in the past, Ted, when you've come on and talked about this, an awful lot of the budget, and I'm sure that this was covered again by uh, by your staff, by Mister Zagarek today are mandatory programs. You can't say, well, okay, we're not going to do that anymore. The law says you have to pay for it. That's right. Yeah, there's there's little discretion in, in terms of some... Uh, there there may be, you know, for a, a, a select few, child care subsidies, one I think that we'll have some debate around, and they're just discussing that now, in terms of um, the provinces pulled their portion of the subsidy for the spaces, and there's there's now discussion as to whether or not does the city now step in and pick up those costs, or... Does that, does that cut get passed along to the user? Um, that's w- one very rare exception in terms of where the city has some discretion. Um, with most of the others, it is basically, you know, the, the invoice comes our way and we're mandated to pay it. And so there is little discretion. And that's why when I, when I talked earlier at the start about, you know, the 5.5% that we're looking at, there's not a lot of wiggle room here. And it means, um, as, as I noted to Matthew Van Dongen uh, yesterday, it means that you know we're forced to make some service level changes here in the city with with programs that we offer and services that we offer, and, and that might mean, as was noted, um, that might mean you know charging for blue boxes. That might mean um, waiting a little bit longer on the line when you call the city. So we still have our call center, but maybe instead of you know I use this as an example, maybe instead of waiting thirty seconds, you're waiting a minute and a half. So those are some of the things that we're looking at, and and. Um, I think everything's up for discussion at this point in time. Five and a half percent is just, you know, from a from an affordability standpoint, it's a non-starter for most Hamiltonians. It's well, and, and when these things started and the downloading started, and like you say, we're going back about 18, 20 years, and now it's kind of like this is the, you know, part two of this whole program. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that we did some research back in that day, and I, obviously that data is still around. I mean, some municipalities deal with this in different ways. 
Uh, and you mentioned snow clearing a minute ago, and that's something that's going to mm-hmm. be front of mind for a lot of people in another couple of weeks now. Uh, I mean, we, you and I both know that there are some municipalities that simply say, well, we're not plowing side streets anymore. We've got to cut our that's cost, right. and that's it. Uh, or, hey, we're going to wait until there's uh, 10 centimeters of snow before we send the plows out. And we, right. we said we can't do that. We don't want to go that way. And, and you've been able to avoid that. But, boy, we're getting closer to that point, Chad, where you're going to have to make some of those calls. And it's it's going to be tough, and it's going to be tough on the community. That's right. And and I think Mr. Zagarek refers to those as core services. So those, yeah. those would be the services that most people... Um, you know, sitting at home, they, they know that, you know, if there's a snow removal problem, it's call the city. If there's an issue with the grass cutting in the local park, call the city. Those are core services that we provide. And, and historically, we've been able to um, avoid affecting those service levels. In fact, just a few short years ago, uh, maybe five or six years ago, we increased our snow removal service. Yeah. And so we're now, as when we benchmark our our costs and our services versus other municipalities, we're we're far ahead of many when it comes to snow removal, just as an example. And so those are the types of, of things that we'll be looking at. I, I think from my colleague's perspective, and, you know, today is one of the first budget meetings we've had leading into 2020. I know that some are hesitant to look at core services, but when we're looking at, you know, 5.5%, and, we, you know, our goal is probably somewhere around inflation or just above, it means, you know, every every percentage point on the municipal tax bill is uh, eight eight and a half million dollars And so, you know, getting us down two or three percentage points means, you know, $20, $24 million worth of savings, which is a huge, huge undertaking. It's something that we we haven't taken out of the service before. I think the last major the last major uh, cut we would have made was in our senior management. You might recall under Chris Murray's leadership back in 2017, we cut, I believe it was 80 senior managers from our, our, um, our bureaucracy, and that came with tremendous savings. It helped us that year get down to the 2% level. And I think those are the types of initiatives that we're probably looking at again, although there's probably less discretion today than there was a couple of years ago because we've already been through that exercise. Well, and, and therein lies the problem is, is obviously you have to worry about service levels when you do that. And, you know, on the one side mm-hmm. of the ledger, you can say, here's the money we're going to save. Uh, and the other side, you're going to say, okay, how's that going to impact? Uh, you know, yeah. there's always a discussion every year, Chad, for instance, about user fees. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, we may be facing another increase on that. And, and, and you know the fallout from that as well. I mean, if you say, okay, it's going to cost more to rent the ice set to, at such and such an arena or, or to get a ball field or a soccer pitch for the season for your league, uh, that, pa- that cost has got to be passed on to the, the parents who have their kids sign up for that. So, I mean, everybody is impacted by this. But at the same token, you can't simply say, okay, we're not going to touch that at this stage because you don't have a whole lot of wiggle room here now. No, and, and you make a good point, Bill, in terms of public consultation. So there's, you know, we whenever we look at service uh, either cuts and or service fee increases, there's always broad consultation. And so whether it's with our sport user groups or in the case of uh, parking fees, as an example, um, you know, historically we've looked at uh, on-street parking fees at meters and or city parking lots. Traditionally, when we, we open up that conversation, we turn to our business improvement areas and ask them, you know, what, what would, what is your position on this? What kind of impact do you foresee in terms of your business areas? We're, we're certainly not looking to hurt uh, segments of the population, or in the, in, in the case of parking fees, we're not looking to create problems for local businesses, especially small businesses, mom-and-pop businesses. And so that's part of the challenge as well. We can have these ideas on the table, and we can present them, but of course there, there's always that community component and that consultation component. So their people will be affected, whether it's an increase in fees or a reduction in service. And I think it's incumbent on council through this process to, to try to understand what those impacts are 
and have those impacts in mind when we're ready to make that decision. And, and by the way, I know you're you're not at that stage yet with the public consultation, but we'll certainly talk about that on the show when, when you're doing those and the meetings are, are going to be held because obviously this is going to be important. Uh, another mm-hmm. very touchy area that I know you're going to have to get into again this year uh, is the possible sale of assets, and, I, and, and that's always a very touchy subject too uh, because you always look at this, and I know right now what's going to happen is somebody's going to say, do we really need three golf courses? Do we really need two uh, you know, uh, seniors' homes? And on and on. It lists. And I know you've talked about the downtown facilities already, and, and, and that's yeah. in play right now, and you're looking for options. So, But there's an awful lot of other stuff right now that have, I guess in some people's minds, unfortunately, you're going to have to put it on the table and have a discussion about it. Yeah, and I think, uh, again, back to, I think the term Mr. Zagarek uses is utilization rates. And so we start to look at some of our facilities in terms of how often they're being used. Some of our arenas is a prime example. We've had many associations in the inner city bill that um, no longer exist. And so the arena's there, and there's no local hockey association that's using it, and they're being used as overflow facilities for areas where hockey is still uh, very popular. And I use my own arena in my own area that I inherited through the ward um, distribution uh, ward boundary uh, review last year. Um, I've, I've now um, am counselor for the Stony Creek area in downtown Stony Creek, and yeah. we have Stony Creek Arena. That association has now gravitated to other facilities because the condition of that arena is so poor. It's so old. It needs a lot of capital work. And right now we're, we're I think we're housing um, hockey programs from the Glanbrook area. So I think it's one of those discussions when we start looking at utilization rates and whether or not some of these capital facilities, whether they be buildings or you mentioned the golf courses and other things, those are the types of discussions that we need to have in terms of, you know, is this the year where that arena closes because we just don't have the resources to to fix aging infrastructure that in some cases is 30, 40 years old. And to, to be clear, the need in that geographic area, in the case of, you know, the, the, the local hockey association has moved on to another facility. Um, you know, that has changed the landscape as well. So those are the discussions that we have. I, I, I will be presenting that issue to my council colleagues. And there are probably dozens of others where we have some of these older buildings in some of the suburban communities that may be used by the optimists or some other service club. The municipality has ownership of it. We're responsible for the capital, but we have no municipal use for it. And so those are, I know some of my colleagues are, are having uh, some discussions currently in terms of, you know, where we go with those. So it, difficult decisions around capital and some of our facilities. And as you note, it's an annual process, but this year I think the mic- microscope is, um, is, for, is, um, is um, um, more focused on some of those issues than they may have been in the past. And, and by the way, I, I just want to reiterate here that this is not a Hamilton-only problem. I mean, just about every mm-hmm. municipality is dealing with this because they're all dealing with the same downloading and, and the same budget pressures that, that we've just talked about here. Uh, but but obviously, the, you know, we're going to talk about the Hamilton uh, bent on this because obviously this is going to impact our community and, and where we're living right now. Uh, what Very quickly, though, what's your time frame here? I mean, invariably, this, this goes on usually until springtime before you can finally nail this thing down. Uh, are you anticipating any more surprises from the provincial government? Or is is the scenario that you were being presented with today pretty much what you're going to have to deal with? Well, I think we, you know, just as we dealt with last year, I think we're, you know, waiting to see what happens with the province. They have their budget update they'll provide, I think, November 7th or first week of November. We'll wait to see if there's anything there that will have an impact on municipalities. And then, of course, the big challenge comes in the spring when they present their budget. And, and as part of the last um, budget they presented, it came out in dribs and drabs. If, if you recall, Bill, you know, it was 
two weeks, three weeks, in some cases a month or two later, we found out that certain things were buried in the budget that would have an impact on us. And, of course, it's hard to make those in-year changes when we've already established our own budgets. So we are a little concerned about where this government is going. It, it, they have reversed the trend of the previous one in terms of instead of uploading, we're looking at downloading. Uh, in terms of our own process, we will deal with our capital budget through the month of December and into January. Then we get into our operating budget, and we hope to have our, our operating budget finalized sometime in, in March or early April. So that's the traditional timeline we've used, and as I noted, it, it means a lot of um, a lot of work in, in those months, not just with our staff, but with council as well. There's a lot of day-long meetings, and through all of that, there's a public consultation process, and we welcome and invite emails and calls from residents if they have suggestions to always send them through because I, I, I think it's important for us to know the, the mood of the community as it relates to um, service reductions in some areas or operational efficiencies. It's, it's not all doom and gloom. Uh, oftentimes through this process, we find better ways to provide the service at a lower cost, and I think that's an important point to make as well. Do you have a goal? I mean, it's 5.5%, and I mean, that's never where it's going to end up. Yeah, I think that's a great question, Bill. That's the question we're being asked this morning by our staff. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, we've been around 2% for the last, um, you know, 12 years. I-, I think it's very unlikely that this year we'll hit that 2%. We'll probably in the low threes, if I had to guess, but I, I can't speak on behalf of my colleagues. And of course, you know, a lot will be, det- that's a goal, whether we reach it or not is another thing. But I think we're, we're striving to get as low an increase as possible. So I'd be guessing at this point, but it's it's unlike other years as has, has been the theme of our conversation right now. And I, and I think it's anyone's guess in terms of where we're going to end up at this point. Which is why we need to have these conversations. I mean, it's one thing to yep. throw a number and say, oh, it's going to be 3.1 or whatever. We want to know what 3.1 looks like. What are we going to get? Correct. What are we going to have to do without? Or what are we going to have to have less of? Uh, and, that's right, and, and that's obviously the discussion going forward. Uh, lots more to come on this, obviously, in the months ahead, Chad. Thank you much, uh, for so much for uh, popping in today, though, and hopping out of the meeting to give us an update on this. Appreciate the time. Thank you. Yep, thanks for having me on. That's uh, Ward 5 Councillor Chad Collins. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.